Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation, so sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. everybody and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I am talking today with Jarester Thorpe Page. She's known as So Sweet CB on Instagram. She is a quilter and I am so glad to have her on. Welcome so much, Jarester. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Okay. So can we talk a bit about how you started sewing? What, how do you be, how did you begin your sto- your sewing story? So, okay. My sewing story is so interesting. I honestly have only been on this journey for about four years, but a little bit ago, maybe 10 years, 12 years. So I lived in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it was just for a short time when my husband was on a, a work site and all these beautiful quilts and you just saw all these classic Amish quilts and then you saw American quilts and then you saw Dutch Amish quilts, these neat patterns. And I've always been fascinated with quilts and just the story that they told. Um, and when I grew up in, you know, St. Mark AME Zion, um, African Methodist a church in Indiana, we had these beautiful quilts in our church. And I always looked at those and folks were always talking back and sharing stories about these quilts, right? And so I was I just, just fascinated. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, as the years progressed, you know, working, schooling, going back to school again, working some, you know, all of that, you know, something that I've always wanted to do. I'm a very crafty person, meaning, um, I love to try anything and, you know, I'm like, wow, yay, that was great. And sometimes it's a hot mess, but love to try anything, but I just always wanted to quilt. And so it was the move from Ohio, leaving Ohio about four years ago to go to, um, Maryland. Um, and I, you know, it was the fall of 2016. We had dropped my one, my oldest daughter off at Spelman. And she just reminded me and when she was there visiting, you know, the year prior that we moved there, my husband was already there working, um, in Baltimore, John Hopkins and all those things. So she had gone down to visit and, you know, different things, her and the kids. And she had, had been looking for these quilt shops because she knew that our little craft shop, she didn't even know what she wanted, what she was looking for, for me, but she she knew that I was going to be in this transition, you know, out of the mouth of babes. And so she reminded me, hey, mom, don't forget um, in our new area, it's this cute little shop. It has all kind of those little things you like to do. And I was like, yeah, yeah, girl. Okay, honey, you don't worry about mommy. You're on your new journey. Mom's going to be okay. Because I was going to take some time off from being um, a school administrator, school principal, um, to get the other younger ones, you know, settled in Maryland and their schools, um, and all of that. And I was going to take that time. I was going to finish finally my doctorate working on that kind of thing and just do some things in transition. And my husband said, do fine, use this time 
to really find the things that find you joy that you want to do. And I was like, but I love teaching and learning. That's such a cute, uh, such a passion. And so that was a passion. So yes, I want to fin- need to work on my doctorate so I can just, you know, the more I can learn to contribute to that field. Yes. But then that other side that was calling me to craft. And I had this beautiful little quilt as I was leaving um, a school that I was supporting in Lancaster that they gave me. And it was an, and it's an Amish pattern and it's so beautiful, but on the back, um, one of the folks there had gone on a missionary trip, um, somewhere in Africa. And so they had put some authentic African cloth on the back of it. And they were like, you know, we wanted you to have you to have this part that reminded us of you. I mean, to remind you of us, but then on the back of it, we just wanted to remind when you look at the back to remind you of how much you brought to us and how you've, you've, you've helped us start to change our mindset. And, you know, and that bringing in that piece of, of culture and here, and I was like, oh, and I'm like, see, that's what quilting is. It's, it's bringing and sharing those stories and wanting to leave something. And you, so Fast forward, now that I'm in, you know, Maryland and I'm in this little town, Fulton, the kids are in school and I'm like, oh Lord, I have worked every day of my life since I was 15 through college, through having children, through graduate um, <laughs> degrees and, and what am I going to do? And then I remember this quilt shop, walk into this quilt shop. Um, I have no clue how to quilt. Matter of fact, I don't know how to do anything. I, but I tell them, I was like, I need to sign up for a quilting class. And they were like, um, well, you, you got to do that. Can you piece and you piece? And I'm like, oh, I got a lot of peace. I got peace in my heart. I'm full of peace. And these little women were looking at me like she has lost her mind. And they're like, no. <laughs> piece cut this fabric apart and put it back together and I'm like oh I love that that makes me so happy I want to do that I can do that and so after about 20 minutes they were like well if nothing else you're a confident beginner and put me and I enrolled in this intermediate advanced quilting class how about this this class was like um one of the universities there, you could use it as um, credit or something. I don't know. All I know is I'm like, wow. girl, I'm in this class. And hand, hand, and then I find out there's a difference between hand quilting and machine quilting. Yes. <laughs> takes 10,000 years, right? <laughs> yes, it does. It does take, science has proven that it takes 10,000 years yeah. to hand quilting. But in that hand quilting class, and that and it was nine months, so they explained that to me, that I was standing Like there, having a baby. Yes, and pretty much in the end, you feel like you, you've had a 12,000-pound baby, too. So, and it's all, and each block, the 12 blocks, are a different type of intricate classic quilt. So one, the thing about that is I learned how to be, I learned precision through that, through cutting and having to cut all of it by template and then sewing that all together and really saw for the first time, oh my gosh, I took, because when they handed me, when I picked out the different fabrics that I needed, that I wanted, and they handed me, you know, basically about 30 yards of fabric, right? Because we're all these different blocks and pieces, background and all this stuff. So I'm going, 
what? And they're like, well, this six yards is going to be for your backing, but this solid color is for background. And these colors are for you to do your piecing with. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, you just handed me rolls of material. And I'm supposed, what do you, what am I going to do? I'm gonna go, yeah. you, you want me to do who with the what now? What? And, and I was like, I didn't lost my mind, but I got so pulled in. So within three months of that, I knew I wanted to go faster. Right. So I stayed, of course, that whole time and, and learned and learned. But why I did that, I snuck over to this other quilt shop. Right. And so simultaneously, I took a hand. I mean, I took a machine <laughs> piecing quilting class where we were learning to piece. So that's when I learned the magic of a rotary cutter. And I'm like, this has changed my life. <laughs> and so then I was like, when do I get to those big machines in that other room? And they were like, little girl, you need to learn how to piece this stuff, right? And let's, so, let's, let's concentrate on making the top of the quilt first before you start driving the Ferrari. And how about I, that? How about... And it is a Ferrari. You you will learn that, and I'll talk about it. So anyway, so that's part of the thing. I wanted the Ferrari. And so I'm going home, and I'm talking to my husband about all of this. And, you know, I have this little old machine I had dusted off, and I'm learning to sew, but I'm doing this hand quilting. So I have all these classes going on. Then I take an applique class because that looked awesome, too. And so I'm doing all this hand work within this machine work and on this little bitty, you know, tinkered machine. And my husband's just like, oh, my gosh. And I keep telling him but I want one work with one of those big ones, one of the big ones. And so he's like, I'm just so proud of her. And I just want to encourage her because she's finding this, you know, joy in this. And so he calls around, finds different quilt shops, different things and buys me. I have no clue what to do with it. This long arm quilting machine, this handy quilt, the handy quilter. That's how it all started. And I was just like, and I was like, no, I, I wanted a big, more powerful sewing machine because they keep telling me in class I have to work to this one. But you know, I wasn't going to say that. I got this sweet 16. He right? surprised me. And I was like, this is beautiful. Now, my oldest daughter, you know, she was home a couple times on breaks. She's like, nah, mom, mom, he's talking about something that's that's huge, mom. I don't think he's just talking about like, like your little Susie machine that you call. He's like, I think it's something else. And so <laughs> Like, well, we will see. I remember when he took me into the place, it surprised me that that was my sewing machine, that that was mine. And I, I was like, how do you turn this on? And what? And so it was. I oh. mean. <laughs> so let's, let's slow down a little bit. Cause I want to go back and talk about, I want to return to talking about yeah. your time in Lancaster, because um, for the folks who don't know, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, as you were saying, is like, the 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 pinnacle or the hub of Amish quilting. We know that it's a lot of Amish culture all around the eastern seaboard of the United States. But in Lancaster, there are lots of Amish and Mennonite communities, and they have a special and distinct quilting style. And they've had it for hundreds of years. So the idea that you could be there in Lancaster that absolutely makes sense that quilting became a thing that you were interested in. And what I also love is that you were talking about your own experience in the AME church, right? You said the AME. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is the African Methodist Episcopal Church. This is a, an Episcopal church that was founded by, oh my gosh, I'm... Allen, yes? Yes. Okay, yes. One, Bishop Allen, one started AME and one started AME Zine. So, yes. 
Because that's the thing, the distinction that people, there's AME, there's AME, and then there's AME Zion. And AME Zion churches are even sometimes smaller than AMEs, but um, my family grew up in the AME Zion. um, Okay. With a grandma who used to say, you know, born under Zion, gonna die under Zion. Okay. (laughs) um, Okay. So, but yes, so but, you can, you were able to blend two quilt traditions, like an Amish quilt yeah. tradition and an AME Zion tradition, like together. Like, so those are things that you were bringing into your just earliest, earliest stages of even starting this. And another thing I love, I love how your daughter, as she was preparing to start her first year of college, knew that you would need something yeah. because she wasn't there. Um, and that that's something that something that I was adapting with because my son is um, preparing to graduate from college next year um, or in 2021. And when he left, I fell almost completely to pieces. I was not prepared. People I was I was I was actually kind of mad because people were like, oh, you're going to be so glad he's gone. You're going to have an extra room. You're going to have this. You're going to have that. I did not feel that way at all. I was really sad. And the house, because I have two boys, and the house was like one boy's very quiet, and the one that went away was very loud. And the house was so quiet. And actually, I got an emotional support um, Ken doll that looked like him, and I made clothes for it. Um, oh yeah, I did. I, I didn't do what one could call well with the separation. <laughs> Um, I was like, I miss Riley. And Riley would be like, Mom, I'm fine. I'm like an hour and a half away. I'm like, but still, it's so far. Um, um, but I just love how you invested in yourself and that your kids, you know, that your daughter especially was like, it's almost like during the four years that she was at college, you were at a type of college as well, that you were taking that time to explore and learn and grow. And quilting was a big part of that. It's just such a beautiful story. It was a huge part of that. You know what? It was a huge part of that because I didn't just, because then that launched me into finally, because it wasn't just, okay, my oldest baby is leaving, but it was also, I'm moving to a new state. I'm not going to be working. I've always worked. I've been, I, you know, I was raised that way by my, I've always worked and, you know, and my husband, you know, let me tell you, I did marry my high school college sweetheart. I was not allowed to date until my prom, my junior prom. And he was that date. And so then, you know, so we went through high school together, we went to college together and then we were married. So, you know, and I never really stepped back and said, um, it's always been centered around family, around family and taking care of family. And since we moved, relocated different places, which was great experience and opportunities for our family. But a lot of times, you know, it was just us. So we had to build, you know, a network and a community. So I was always in that. So that, so her knowing that mom, this is going to be a time and encouraging me and not just her, but my other daughter who was going to be starting high school there. And she was like, mom, you know what? I'm okay. Because, you know, they were used to me being a principal at my own school, but something on their PTA, even though they were at three different schools and, you know, the snack mom for volleyball or this or that, or the boy scouts mom for the community stuff, you know, that I was, because I always wanted to be involved in what they were doing. Right. And so it was, a time that they all three were like, 
Find something that's all about you, mom, that's all about you. Still turns out it's anchored in community and legacy and sharing and telling a story. But, you know, I in that quilting, I learned not just to quilt, but um, that having that great creative release to do that and then to start teaching others, but also self-care that I did so much more of stopping and taking care of myself, you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And those are all those things that I was always putting on the back burner, but just walking into that quilting store, walking in that and her reminding me, mom, don't forget, don't forget, mom, tell me how it was. And, you know, and just walking into that and, and taking that leap and finding was, you know, it, it was so much more than just, um, quilting, but through quilting, I was able to really find a lot of that, you know, self-discovery as you finally get to that age and you look and your children are not babies anymore. They're going off to college. They got their own little friends. They're in high school. They only really need you to drop them off and pick them up. And then they're about, then they're getting licenses and it's like, Oh wow. You know, I don't no longer control their schedule. Um, and what does that mean? You know, and what does that look like? And that their independence and their growth is some is also in some ways an affirmation of you as well, right? Because that's what we want. We want our children to be free and independent and 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 be able to thrive on their own. But when they start doing it, it's like, oh, <laughs> but oh, it's like, oh, you know, it's oh, you're so proud. And people like now they don't see, you know, Nia's doing this on Instagram. Nia is working on this, and she's about to leave and go off and do this huge two-year rotational program with Boeing um, in a whole big city and state. And you're like, oh, doesn't she need me? She needs me. You know? Just wait. Just wait. We were okay letting them go off. Okay, so we, you know, we had had to go through when they left to college. Oh, just wait until he, you know, starts talking about career moves and where he's about to go. And it's like, oh, wait, you don't, you don't need me? I remember once when my cousin, who I remember as a little cousin, um, I was talking to my aunt at one point and she was like, oh, yes, you know, he's living in Chicago now. And I was like, by himself? Because I thought of him as like a nine-year-old. In fact, this person is 35 years old. But like, I thought of him as a nine-year-old. I was like, who would let a nine-year-old just live alone? Yeah, but no, how they get they get trapped in our imaginations in some ways as these little ones. But they are they're not little forever, and we're all we're grateful for that, right? Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about your your sewing machine journey. I, I keep thinking about I think that maybe I'm in line with some of the the the, the quilt ladies that you were um, talking about that you you quote unquote graduate or level up to a certain style machine. So like I started on a little $20, I'm not $20, like a hundred dollar machine that I got at a fabric store or at a discount store. And then I moved up to another machine, another machine. And now I have this gorgeous, wonderful machine that I absolutely love. It's got a, it's got USB connectivity. It's still a single needle machine, um, but it's got beautiful led lighting. Like I really love my machine. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was not where I started. But you're saying that you started, you might have, you had a little one that you dusted off from back in the day, but your second machine sounds like you went from 
like a little tiny hand crank toy machine to the Ferrari of uh, sewing machines in like nine months or one year. Is that, oh, is that right? Yes, in that, yes. And about, no, no, it was, I got the machine before the class was over. So that's when we were just wow. really, really tickled, just right before the class was over. So, because we got, my husband gave it to me for my anniversary. So I had almost been in, so I think I had, just looped around because we got in August is when he gave it to me. Well, and it's so here's the thing. Let's talk about the machines. So I have an HQ um, Sweet 16. So it's just been upgraded to the Capri, um, the Capri or Capari. I'm not ever saying that right because I don't have it. But I have it. So what it is, it is the size of those big long arm machines that stand that are on a frame that then that can move um, horizontal and then they can push up and back so they can come back and they, they can come forward and they can go backwards, but they're on this frame, right? And it has these big handles and you are then holding those handles and it's kind of like you're writing on, you're drawing. That's what the free motion is called. You're, you're drawing, you're creating that pattern or that, I'm sorry, that quilt design on that quilt sound sandwich sandwich right what i have is the same is is that same machine but mine is a stationary it's on this it comes in this large table it's the it's this huge width it's just um it's a big huge free motion machine now mind you i was just learning how to piece and put things together when i get this big thing that i'm supposed to quilt under and i'm like how do i make the material move so that's the difference it's almost it's the same as if you're trying to quilt on your domestic machine except this is a long arm and it comes out um it comes out about 18 inches and um it's this big horsepower thing and i have mine sitting up pretty high like countertop and I put my quilt sandwich underneath the needle so my hands are connected to are on the quilt and I move the quilt under the machine. And so I'm moving the I'm moving the material instead of um and then when I'm sometimes you might see me at different places um and I'm and I'm up and I'm on one of the stand up or long arm machines where um they're on a frame and that frame is moving and I'm like driving that machine. So it's interesting the way you see it. It's either you're writing with the pencil, so you have the handle and you're moving that needle and you're doing all of that. You're moving the machine to make those motions, right? Um mm-hmm. the free motion or you are seated standing because I stand most of the time because I have mine up so high and right I'm moving the fabric underneath there yes okay so that's that's what I was trying to understand more I know like for free motion quilting like for those who aren't familiar for free motion quilting um typically with a single needle machine is that one of the ways that I've heard it explained um is that it's kind of you know how when you're writing if you have a pen in your hand and you have paper, you write, you, your hand moves on the paper. That's how you write your name. That's how you write anything. Yeah. Paper is stationary and your hand moves. But for free motion quilting, you're, it's basically the pen is still and you are moving the paper. And, you um, and, the paper. and so are you saying for your machine, for the Sweet 16, is it, are you moving the needle to make the quilting or is the fabric moving? 
underneath. The fabric is moving. I'm moving the paper. I'm moving the fabric underneath okay. my big horsepower machine, right? Um, because I have a stationary long arm machine, and okay. then there are the other long. There's this, then you then there's the other long arm machines that are on a frame. And those are the larger, those are, well, I mean, my size is pretty large. Um, they are the exact same model. Like I could convert mine to a frame if I wanted wow. to do that. But in the midst of doing that, I could just go ahead and buy the million dollar. Um, <laughs> that's how much it would cost anyway to convert. So I might as well buy that next one up. So, but once I just, but a lot of quilters, um, at least the ones that where I was quilting at, and that's kind of where, um, in where I started in Maryland, some of them had, they, even though they had, um, the quilting machine on the frame, which I do like that. I like holding those bar handlebars and I like moving it and I like moving the needle. Right. And that's still free. Yes. Motion. Now yes. the difference with those um, long arms that are on the frame, you can buy the additional software. You can buy pro, like yes. here is pro Stitcher. And then you could do a lot of your own digital designing. And then you put mm-hmm. that in and you monitor it. And the machine does all the, the machine will do the work. Now you're doing yeah. a lot of work designing and monitoring and knowing when to, you know, roll and move your fabric. But the machine is doing your, there is the machine now is quilting your design and there's things called edge wow. to edge. And so yeah. when I was really learning how to quilt. That's one of the things I did. I learned, I took the classes so I could learn and I would, you know, finish a quilt and then I would go look for a pattern that I liked in the edge to edge library. And then, you know, you kind of go through all the work of getting it loaded on the big frame and getting, um, so, you know, the difference is when I do it at home on my long arm, but my stationary long arm, where I move the fabric or paper underneath the machine, I um, have a whole quilt sandwich. So you have this whole quilt sandwich. So I quilt naturally because of that in sections. So I, because you only can, even though I have a nice space, you still only can get so much and you have to keep your quilt kind of rolled up. People do a lot of different things. I have yes. a huge part of it rolled up on my lap in like um pool noodles and then on Yes, the I was going to ask about that. Yeah, to keep it from getting um creased. Yes, and then on the side I have it and then I have it kind of flapped in. So then what's really in front of me at any given time is about and you know, it really is about a six, it's about a 14, 14 inch to 14 inch space at any given time that's right there in front of me. And so I'm always, so what I'm, so in my, so what I want to do in my journey as I grow as a quilter, mind you, I, I've only been in this, there are so many more, there are so many phenomenal quilters that I follow and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Um, but my journey is, to because right now I feel like I'm still thinking um and I'm in this section okay I want this section this section and then the move off to that but and that's usually what you do on you know if you're doing it on domestic or you're doing on the on the big on the large long arm stationary but I want to get to where like um 
Helen Godden, and she can she can look ahead. She can look so far ahead on this quilt, even that part that's rolled up, you know, right there on my lap. She she knows where that whole design is gonna flow, you know, and how it is. And because I still look at some of my quilting, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still sectional. I'm still uh, or and I do a lot of meandering because yes. um, that's a, a meandering is a nice safe one because then you don't have to be so. Um, um, section specific. However, when you get into those folks who are doing micro quilting and that detail quilting, they prefer this the sweet 16. Like a lot of the quilt shops would use it because they felt they feel like they are really connected with that fabric. They're right there on the fabric. They're holding it and they're really focusing on in on what am I gonna put? How am I gonna feel? this section, how I'm going to make this section pop and come alive. Right. And that's what I find myself doing, um, under my sweet 16. I'm like, how, you know, and it's, and what else can I add to this? And then I have to make myself leave that because I'm like, Oh, and I can do this and I can do a little bit of this. And so when, and then sometimes I'm like, Whoa, I got to get this baby done. So it's going to be meandered all the way. And I can tell you, I'm more, you know, I'm about 70, 30 meandering, um, because it's, it's very safe. Um, but you know, it just is, it's quilting is so interesting because you, you, you pieced and you put this sandwich together, this quilt sandwich together. And, and I'm, and when I'm on my machine, it's all there. It's right there. And I have been, you know, but it's kind of now, what am I going to, what is the design I'm going to put on top of that? That's it's like you're so committed to the entire process because I know for me, I love the piecing. I, I piecing, I, I especially love paper piecing, but I like the piecing, I like the putting the part together. And once I learned that I could give that quilt top to somebody and give them some money and they would turn that into an actual quilt, I was like, bet, this is for me. I love the piecing, the quilting. You know, if it's a small thing, I can do it on my machine, you know, and I'm happy to do it and I can do the detail and just really go to town on it. But if it's something that I want to use for like my bed or for a throw or something, I and, I, and it's not a choice. Of course, it's not cheap, of course, because you know how much work it is. Yeah. I'd much rather just put it out there. And then, goodness, if they would bind it. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> please do that. Yeah, I will open up my checkbook. I will throw you some Venmo, Cash App, whatever you want. If you're going to put, because when I start to do a, a binding on a quilt, I feel like the quilt has six corners. It's like, <laughs> oh, why is this take? Wasn't this a square when I began or a rectangle? I thought those things had four corners, but no, I'm turning another corner. And this must be the ninth corner of this quilt. It's oh. taking forever. And so just to review for folks who aren't familiar with quilting, when we're talking about a quilt sandwich, we're talking about the back of the fabric, which is like a backing. And then we're talking about batting that goes in the middle. And I tend to prefer um, um, like a, a light batting, like the warm and natural type batting, um, mm -hmm. those, you know, or, which is like a low loft batting. That's what I like personally. And then your quilt top goes on top. So people refer to those as the quilt sandwich. You're listening to the Stitch Please podcast, and I'm talking today with Jarester Thorpe Page about quilting and its ups and downs. Stay tuned, and we'll have more conversation after the break. 
the Stitch Please podcast is really growing. Um, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and ask a favor. If you are listening to this podcast on a medium that allows you to rate it or review it, for example, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do so. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you could drop me a five-star rating, if you um, have something to say about the podcast um, and you wanted to include that, a couple sentences in the review box of Apple makes a really big difference in how the podcast is evaluated by Apple, how it becomes more visible. It really is a way to kind of lean into the algorithm that helps to rank podcasts. Um, So if you had time to do that, to drop a little line in the review feature of the podcast, that would be really appreciated and would help us to grow even further and faster. Welcome back to the Stitch Please podcast. I'm talking today with Jarester Thorpe Page. And in this section of the podcast, we're going to learn how Jarester was living a double life thanks to quilting. Stay tuned. And so how big is your machine and what at what orientation do you sit? This is something that I find confusing about some of the big machines. I'm used to sitting in front of a sewing machine with the needle at my left hand and then the interface for the machine, like the buttons and those kind of things are on the right. Is that true for the Sweet 16 as well, or do you sit a different way? So when I sit down, that was what I had to also learn. Um, when I first sat down, I'm like, what is going on? You know, so now you're sitting, you're still sitting in front of the, how do I explain it? You're still sitting, you know, in front of the knee. You're sitting in front of it. It's all, it's all going vertical. So it's not horizontal off your workspace that is off to the side of your needle on your domestic sewing machine, that nice little space that you might have in there. Like right now, the domestic machine that I'm sitting in front of, I have a nice throat lift in there. But um, that's, you know, that's right off on the right side of of my So everything is behind in on the side of the needle at the Sweet 16. You're sitting in front of it and it's all, you know, facing you like it's going to just run right over you. Oh my gosh. And it is. So you're just sitting there. And so when you get that thing started, um, it just, woo, and it's, and it's, you see this big, bigger than life needle and all these things happening and moving in front of you. Um, And so you're, so I sit or stand um, in front of it. If I have it, up if I'm really trying to get to and I have it up high which I usually do keep it um countertop high so I can stand um and move I used I started off sitting I sat the whole time I would sit while I was doing it and then I kind of um watched some folks on sweet 16 and saw how you know they really put that up at the table because the sweet 16 the great thing about that this particular one from handy quilter it's the machine is in the table is built around the machine. So, and then you get these two additional flats to really okay. that adds another two feet on that can add another, these two feet extensions that, um, yes, 24 inches yeah, for both of those extensions that you can put on the side of it to give you even that much more space. So you can, so have, each extension is 24 inches. Yes. So you so can, that's four, so that's 48 inches extra space on either side of the machine, like total. So that just expands the machine out like nearly four feet. Yes. So two feet wow. on each side. Yes. And so now you kind of have where you can 
if you have that kind of space in your studio. Like I only have one flap because I don't have that kind of space. So I have right, one right. flap and I can flap that up. And that helps with the weight of it because as you were explaining yeah. that quilt sandwich, you know, it still gets pretty heavy. I mean, cause I use, of course I support my local quilt shops and, and I support small quilt shops where I get my fabric from. And I love quilters fat. I love hundred percent quilting cot. I just, I love it. So those babies though can get pretty heavy. So yes. help with the, the void, the drag on your machine, which is that, you know, that stress to your machine as you're trying to move, maneuver that big, heavy, um, quilt sandwich around that extra flap helps a lot. Yes because it lifts it so you don't have as much laying off to the side. I mean, I noticed that even with my domestic, because I will still put on my walking foot to do some quick things. And um, like my daughter, we made a baby quilt for our neighbors um, who had a new baby about, you know, three, four, oh, it was for a month because they sent us a cute little month picture to show how um, sweet she looked on her um, quilt. But, you know, we'll throw that. We, if it's something quick, like a baby quilt, we'll still throw it on, you know, one of my domestics. And like right now I have, um, my 710 out, um, cause it has a lot of the decorative stitches, but then I have a it's five. It's a 710, the Bernina 710? No, I have the H. So, okay. I have as on my, on my quest to get the rate. So now, you know, my husband, we jumped over just getting me an upgrade. You all did some like, some like next, some Olympic level hurdling. That's what your sewing process is. Olympic level hurdling. You you come to the track and you're like, I've never run before, but I think I'm going to like it. So I'm going to start um, and enter the Olympics. And it turns out you're not bad. It turns out that you could do just fine, (laughs) that you're doing great at the hurdles. So what did you start with? So I, you know, so I started with that sweet 16. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna finish a quilt so I can put it underneath here. Because my husband, I could tell he had he had did all this research because um I was sneaking away to the quilt shop with this one yeah. with this one little quilt top because I still didn't I didn't know how to use that thing. I still didn't even know how to turn it on after we after they showed me my demo and we packed it up and brought it home, right? Um I can only imagine how loud it is when it comes on cuz oh, my machine is it's, it has this beautiful like bling bling it like sings to you when it comes on, but sometimes I know for like the 10 needle embroidery machines, they are kind of like a almost like you can hear the engine revving up. You can. And so um, the kids know the difference between me on one of my domestic machines and me on the, when I'm quilting, though they can. So I get, cause they said that they can hear the difference, that they know the difference. I usually have whichever musical I have going at the time loud and up playing in my studio at the same time. So there is a lot of, you know, mojo noises, but, um, but as far as my machines, so I was, I was just trying to get the 710. I wanted the 710 that had like the, the cute little, um, you know, decorative stitches and all these things and kind of, you know, then finally have little electric little thing over here. You know, that's what I wanted. Right. So I get this big mama, 
um, Sweet 16, and my husband's looking at me like I'm crazy. He was like, um, that, that's a car. You, you need to be using that. And so when he sees me sneaking off, going to give this quilt top, but I needed that quilt top to be done. And so I was going to take it to put it on the machine and do edge to edge at the local quilt store. And he's like, quilt shop. He's like, why aren't you doing it on your machine? And I'm like, brother, I don't know how to use that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And I'm like in my, and then, and in my class and then in the quilt shop, cause you know, I'm living a double life at this point. I'm in this <laughs> class and then I'm over at this machine piecing, piecing one-on-one so I can go to quilting one-on-one, but I've already skipped that too. Cause my husband has bought me this huge, you know, quilts, this huge long arm. And so they're laughing at me and they're still not allowing me to go in the room with what I, I keep on referring to the big machine. So my husband's like, but you said you wanted the big one. And I'm like, I meant the big seven ten, and, but you know, in my head, but you know, I wouldn't say that. So then for birthday, I, I, he tried again. So Christmas, he bought me the 510, which is another single needle, single is straight stitch horsepower. So when I'm pushing out quilts really fast, I mean, it, it only has one speed fast. And so wow. so an HQ, it is, it is truly a workhorse machine. But um, he went, wait a minute, it only goes in a straight line. Well, how did he's like, is, did I just get you the same thing as the other one? And I was cracking up laughing. I was like, no, that's still a long arm kind of free, free motion. That's all you can, and I said it, I'm still good. And so then in April for my birthday, Finally, I just go in the quilt shop myself and I'm like, okay, I, I, I want the 710. Um, and so with that, I, you know, and then when I was at Handy Quilter, um, when I was um, brought up for the week to be in um, Salt Lake to do um, all of the recording and, um, and experience um, Handy Quilter, um, they gave us all the 210. So I now have the whole Handy Quilter line of stitch. Of, so I have the HQ stitch, the, that whole line, and then I have um, my Sweet 16. And the next thing that I would move up to um, is I would keep my six, Sweet 16 because, again, I like that close personal right there quilting, um, but I'm ready. I'm ready for um, to go one level, um, to go a little one level up to have... Um, on a frame so I can really get into doing some of my own digital designing, um, and quilt design. Yeah. I love the pro yes. center for that. So that yeah. is my next thing. And I keep looking at this guest bed that I put in my studio, which really just holds the quilts that I'm taking pictures of. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. That is really clever. I'm like, yeah, well, every time I look at it, I just look and I see for a quick second when I turn that way, I see an Amira, the next handy quilter, um, that long arm that I want with that would stand on a 10 foot frame. I look over and I see it out the corner of my eye and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still the guest bed, huh? <laughs> wow. Oh, you're like, oh, oh, never mind. I, I thought you were the, the 10 foot frame. My bad. You're just you're, you're, you're just an actual bed. You're an actual bed. You're not a machine. You're still the same bed. You have not turned like um, Cinderella's pumpkins. You have not turned into a carriage yet. You are, you will be my carriage soon, but right, but right now you are still a bed. 
So one of the questions that I wanted to ask was, how did you get started with, like, how did you go from a quilt? You know, right now it seems like you have, by my count, you've got the 210, the 510, the 710, and the Sweet 16. Is that right? Yes. And so you've been doing this for four years, and you've got four machines. Yeah. And how did you get into a relationship with Handy Quilter to end up um, as part of their campaign, um, their ad campaign? Because I saw your wonderful picture um, about you being a mom and a principal and a Handy Quilter. So tell me about how you joined that And I Quilt campaign. So And I Quilt, one evening I was up and about just you know, piddling as we do late in the night in our sewing room. And I was, I had been practicing, practicing something with quilting and I was on their sites, just looking at, um, looking at this demonstration again. And it kind of popped up about telling your stories. And I'm like, hmm, I didn't think about that. And then so, uh, someone who had taken a class, one of my earlier times, and by this time I'm I've, I'm in that I had moved and I'm in Nashville now I left Mary but I you know keep in touch with my little quilt shop because I still you know order things from them and they tell me what cool stuff is happening and new and so this is the one now that I look, picked up the machine and then really started helping me learn how to use my sweet 16 so um one of the teachers were like Jurester your story is not just hilarious, but it's about the sweetest thing. You have to share. Have you seen this? You have to share the story. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of popped up here and there. I hadn't really, I'm like, they are not interested in me. And then I said, come on, let's all be for real. Y'all know I don't know how to quilt. Y'all know I am still learning. You all know that um, I, I have like maybe, I'm telling you, I have containers and containers of all these practice squares where I just keep practicing, practicing, practicing to, you know, get better than this. And they were like, Jurester, you are fine. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. They're talking about people who have been doing this for years and years and years. And, you know, and then they're like, please share your story. And I'm like, I don't think so. And then my daughter and I were chatting and um, she was in her dorm room and, and down in Atlanta and I'm here and we're talking and she was, and I was like, oh yeah, they called me about that. She goes, how's your quilting? What are you working on? And she was like, mom, just, just do it. So my other daughter, Imani in this time has, followed me through these classes, like it's joined me for some classes. Imani will skip right ahead of me and just go whip out a quilt on the quilter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you didn't plan that. You didn't dot it out. You that. And she was like, nope, it's done. Look, mom, here you go. And I'm like, why can't I be that? Just woo. And so Nia tells Imani, hey, they call, they asked mom to share her story. Tell mom to share her story. And so they come up. They're, they're hanging up on you. They are. So the boy, which I love because that's what we call him. The boy rolls up and rolls up and he's like, mom, um, I'm supposed to come in with my phone, with your phone. And I'm going to record you talk about your handy quilting story and all this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm, and I'm like, well, you guys are all just so funny. Mom does not need kid therapy. I'm good. But anyway, I did share my, I did do the recording and um, I was laughing about it. And then I didn't think anything about it. And my daughter was like, James, get that recording and send it to me. And she did. And she, she emailed me like, and this was like a week or so later. And, um, and I said, Oh honey, I think that deadline has already passed. And she was like, no, it didn't pass. It's, it's right now. And I just uploaded your video. Oh my gosh. 
They aren't letting you get out of this one. I looked a hot mess and everything. I was just being, I was just entertaining these children. And I was like, what in the world have you sent? And I was like, and you know, and it was kind of me laughing and giggling, but talking about the journey and, you know, just talking about why it was important and why and telling my son. So I'm, you know what, I'm going to be that little grandma that's going to, you know, you guys are going to all be sitting one day and saying, and grandma or aunt CB or whichever one was my nieces. Oh, she made me this quilt when I graduated. She made me this one when I got married. She made me this one when I got my first apartment. And you know, and I'm like, just pieces of our, you know, story. So when they contacted me, I didn't think it was real either. And I was like, what are you all talking about? What are you talking about? And they're like, no, 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 no. We really want to hear more about that. And that, you know, that is, and, and they were confused as to where I was, if I was still in Maryland, if I was in Tennessee, where I was. And I don't know if I was very, I don't, anyway. So that's kind of how it started. They contacted me. They asked me more about my story and one, you know, about the kids and that I was a you know, school principal and, you know, how did that, how, when the world got balanced, all of that. And we talked a little bit more. And, um, and then I was, you know, they're like, there's going to be a group of a cohort and, um, a squad, inspiration squad. We're all part of this inspiration squad. I think it's 10 of us. Um, and they're like, we really want to bring you out and just, and so handy quilter are known for these amazing academies that they do that you can sign up and you can do these amazing academies and they have all these great handy educators that come in and really teach you how to do different things and how to use these machines and, and the pro stitcher and, um, you know, how to do all these great things on their handy culture machines and um, and the newest and the greatest things that are out. And people love these academies. They fill up almost instantly. But so basically this little cohort, we were all invited out to um, pretty much to have our own kind of little academy where we all shared our stories. Um, one thing in that, and so I'm still new now, mind you, um, I finished tons of little bitty quilts and little bitty practice and all those things. But my biggest quilt to that date that I had completed was the one that I had done for my uncle um, who passed away of Alzheimer's. And I had been looking and looking for the right pattern to do for him because I wanted to thank him for everything he did in my childhood, for all of those summers of, of push popsicles and sprinklers in the fall of throwing into, you know, jumping into leaves and all that. I just wanted to capture it all to wrap him up in that, to say, thank you. And so that was also part of my story to Handy Culture. And they were like, well, we need you when you fly out here, you need to bring a quilt that's completed that you've done from start to finish, you piece, you quilt it. And I was like, you know, and I'm like, well, all the little projects, I'm not taking those, those look pitiful. And I mean, I'm still thinking it's going to be these people who have these talented folks. Um, and I'm like, what do I have to offer? And, um, but then I just, you know, I just thought, but it's a journey of my heart and it's a journey of, of, you know, of, of richness where I've, you know, my love, where I first, where I would look at those quilts at, at church and think, I wonder who made this. I wonder, you know, and, and sit in Sunday school next to the Sunday school teacher at the end of Sunday school lessons between church, just talking about where those quilts would come for, for years growing up looking at that. Right. And then my husband's 
um, grandmother before she had passed away had passed away had passed on one a quilt from him that um, her mother had made. So I had that quilt um, in our possession and really looking at that and and just all these different and then the time that I was in Lancaster. So basically, that all became my story of why I really wanted to learn this craft and this art so I could be a part of that, right? And so I shared that with Handy Quilter. Um, and we were invited out and we all shared our stories and we talked about those um, stories and how that, you know, just as not just a quilter, but, you know, as a person and what that means and um, being a part of that community and yeah. um, play with the cool machines. Um, that's where I found Pro Stitcher and like, okay. okay. I love this. And then I'm like, dog, why do those kids really have to go to college? Do they really need to go? <laughs> do they have to go for all four years? Like, I think people can get some good education in like a year and a half, couple, two, three semesters. Uh, yes. I mean, yes. and then the rest of that money could be used to buy that um that pro that pro quilter or the pro yes. stitcher. The pro I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And I'm like, I can either buy this machine or I can pay for three quarters of a semester of a college tuition. Like, what's it going to be? Three quarters of a semester of college tuition or this machine. Oh, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like the machine is is gonna give me a lot of benefit personally. Oh, um it should be considered as a viable option. Cause it's definitely it definitely plays a big part in my sanity. So my yeah, I know he was like, Oh Lord, what is she about? to bring and I know I just I know he was thinking any day when I returned back from that week that some massive boxes were about were going to show up and I was gonna you know be because it was there because that is because you know I once I realized once my machine is a sweet 16 you know that's fine so when I would take the classes, um, the handy culture classes at my local shop in Maryland at Springwater Design. So when I would take those classes, you know, we would all be in the room. So you worked on the long arm you had. So it might have been me and maybe another person or two. And we worked on the sweet 16s learning techniques. And the other folks were on the stand up ones. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, every once in a while I'd go and I would, you know, spend a little bit of time on it. But I really wanted to learn, you know, to use what I had. Right. But that week that I was in Utah, I was like, oh, 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 no, I need these handlebars. I need these gears. I need this pro stitcher in my life. And I just think like right now, kind of like you and, and all the beautiful garments that you make. I have... And I have probably 40 quilt tops that need wow. to be quilted and that are, that are peace that are just like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so glad I got some of them were, you know, full paper piece pa that I use paper piecing to make these huge, you know, all of, but they need to be quilted. And it's like, if I had that pro stitcher and that edge to edge. <laughs> It'll be done by now. I could, I could whip out, I could whip out five quilts in a week. And so, um, you know, that's kind of where, you know, you want to, but you want to go, but you know, I'm still so fairly new in this. When you think about these quilters who are just so phenomenal and have been quilting for years and years and years, and you look at them and, um, and it's just, it's just amazing. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. They do such beautiful work. Um, and you know, that's where you want to be. You know, you want to do some of that work. I don't, you know, I want to make things, um, 
most of the things that I make and quotes that I do complete are always gifts. I have, it is always for someone else. We, we make it and it's a gift and it's, and it's yeah. up and it's sent away. And all those quilt tops that are over there, those were ones that I just made, you know, for me. And so they're, they haven't gotten quilted yet because usually if I finish one of those and, Oh, someone's so-and-so is coming up and I want to do this and I want to do that. So it's, it's a, it's a, that's why it's so addicting because I will always have quilts that need to be quilted. <laughs> we are getting near our time, believe it or not. Y'all, this is, we have had such a great time. We talked for like a straight hour before I even started recording. So um, I know we could go for like another hour, but I just wanted to see, do you, can you tell me a bit about what you have, what are your future projects? Like what thing are you working on next? In addition to having your eye on the pro stitcher, what is your next, or, and in addition to the 40 quilt tops you have that are awaiting your attention, is there something, some quilt, some design, something you want to try next? Yes. So it's very interesting. Um, it's this cute little shop in Indiana. So when I'm there visiting friends, I always pop in and it's, um, is it Crimson Tate? Yes. Yes. I know her. She is a friend of black women's stitch. I like Heather a lot. Yeah. Yes, she is. She is definitely, definitely an ally. And I, and I do like Heather. I finally had a chance to meet her at quilt con and it was a whole bunch of squilling and it was just wonderful. But one, a book that she, a pattern book that she wrote is called note noteworthy quilts. And so that. okay. So let me tell you, it is, it's taken me a week to get my whole all of my wording done. And I'm like, and in that process, so I needed to find something to help me release everything that's going on right now. I needed to find something to help me move beyond, to help me let some of it go because I'm too many, too much, too many times I'm looking at, you know, things and, and, and I just feel that lump in my throat or the tear in my eye. And I look at my son and I look at my husband and, you know, I'm having a good daughter too. And our daughters yes. too. Our daughters yes. are not exempt from this violence that affects the lives of black people. I think no. it's, I think it's wonderful to concentrate on sons, but one of the reasons that um, Kimberly Crenshaw began the hashtag say her name project was yes. because black women get overlooked in this. And so yes. Yeah. So it, it, the emotional burden that we face as black women are about the men in our lives, um, but we can't neglect how that also impacts us. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and it, it was, it was waiting. So I'm like, how do I release this? And so the one thing that I was, so I found note where I was been looking at all these patterns. So I went back to noteworthy and, you know, on the cover, it's the John, John Denver, you know, say the prayer for the water. Yes. So, but that's what was in, what's been in my heart was the whole, I can't breathe, but it's just, it's yeah. not, it's the whole, I can't breathe. When I look at the disparity in schools and in children, I can't breathe. When I look at what's happening in our communities, I can't, it's, it's so much of it. And so I wrote out or what I wrote, what I pieced out, um, is I can't breathe. Um, and hashtag say their names. And I dusted off that old, that original 
um, Little Susie that I have, which um, is a company that I won't say. Um, it's also a little convertible. It little converts into um, a um, an um, embroidery machine. And what I want to do is piece. I'm going to go ahead and piece it all, but um, and I'm going to quilt it. But in the border, before I do that, I am going to embroider um, not just some of the names, but how many, you know, at this time, the, you know, the, the 1.6 children living in poverty, um, you know, the just the name of my elementary school and the despair, you know, all of those things that are affecting why I can't, that I, why we as a society, why we as black people can't breathe right now is what I want to embroider all of, all of those facts around. Cause you know, it's all systemic, right? So all yeah. of that around the border of this quilt and even just doing the lettering and the wording, which, wow, this thing kicks your butt. Um, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to make an A. It's just not going to work. But finally I did. But um, it has released so much of putting it in there. So that's my big, that is my big project. I've gotten the lettering done. I now I've, I've laid it out a couple times to look at it. So I'm going to find, figure out the rest of the piecing I want to put around that. And then, um, getting, pulling out that little embroidery machine and, um, using that to, you know, go to put the names and put facts around the border and then finishing, um, this quilt is something um, that's that is and 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 finishing it to a point that I can send this off um, to one of the quilt festivals because I think oh, yeah. us documenting where we are and documenting where we are in this in this and this never and this is not a new movement but documenting this moment in this time. Um, is so critical and wherever and wherever we can do that. And so whatever outlet we have to do it, to do it. So that's my big project right now. That sounds so powerful and so important. Um, and I know that this is following in a tradition of um, amazing quilt artists, um, black quilt artists who have done this kind of work and have spoken this kind of truth. And I'm really glad to know that this is going to continue um, with this work. And I can't wait to see the quilt. Jaresta, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. We did not get to talk about everything we wanted to talk about, y'all. Um, so we're going to have to have you come back on the program. But thank you so much. I'm really grateful. Um, and tell us where people can find you on social media. I am so sweet. CB on Instagram. Find me on Instagram. I'm there and we'll be launching my blog page from So Sweet CB on Instagram soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Stitch Please podcast. 
the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you supporting us by listening to the podcast. If you'd like to reach out with, to us with questions, you can contact us at blackwomenstitch at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do that by supporting us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can find Black Women Stitch there in the Patreon directory. And for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the project with things like editing, transcripts, and other things to strengthen the podcast. And finally, if financial support is not something you can do right now, you can really, really help the podcast by rating it and reviewing it anywhere you listen to podcasts that allows you to review them. So I know that not all podcast um, directories or services allow for reviews, but for those who do, for those that have like a star rating or just ask for a few comments, if you could share those comments and say nice things about us at the Stitch Please podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. Come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together.